good morning and a very happy new year and prosperous new year to you personally, to your family, and to Asbury Church and the community at large. I'm Trudy Paul, the associate pastor here. So glad that you are here today to enjoy fellowship and worship and spiritual food. Shall we pray? Our gracious, open our hearts, our ears, that we may hear your word this day that our lives may be touched and sometimes changed. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our scripture today is from 1 Samuel. And chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And before I read that, just a little bit of background that most of you probably know, but it doesn't hurt to refresh. It certainly did not for me. But Samuel was a man chosen uh, from God from his miraculous birth. He was a contemporary of King Saul and King David. He earned God's favor because he knew how to listen and obey. His parents dedicated him to the Lord, giving Samuel as a child to the priest Eli to be raised in the temple. Few people were as obedient to God. Samuel. This is the word of the Lord. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so they could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying in the temple of the Lord for the ark of the God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you have called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called Samuel again. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't call you. My son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. He got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you have called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The question is many times that we are seeking to hear words from the Lord and we're not sure. Maybe an opportunity has come along. Maybe there's a crisis in our life. We've hit a fork in the road, but we want to hear from God and what he would like for us to hear. So what are we asking? How do we hear God speak to us? There was a woman and her husband. I'm sure it's never happened in this room. It never happened in my marriage. Um, but the husband said, my, I think my wife has a hearing problem. <laughs> well, in my case, it was my husband that had a hearing problem. He's not, he's not here to defend himself. The man got behind her one day and said something to her. No response. Got to her side. No response. Went to the other side. 
no response. Got right in front of her, and no response. She looked at him and said, he said, you can't hear me. You need to have something done with your ears. She said, I heard you four times, but she wasn't listening. That is the way we are many times with God. Uh, we must turn on our heart to listen to God. Do you really want to hear what Jesus has to say? Now, that's the first secret. Do we really want to hear? Do we really want to know what God has to say to us? Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and meditate in his temple. Do you want to know what God says about you and your relationships, your role, your jobs? your responsibilities. If you don't want to hear, you won't. I have discovered that most of the time that I really want God to bless what I have decided. Sometimes I make God a puppet, not a master. I want him to come along and bless what I think is what I should be doing. I just simply want him to say, I give my approval, Trudy, this does not work with God. At least it has never for me. Number two, we must tune out interference. I remember one time very quickly, my husband went in the service, and he came home after being out with planes for days and months. And he came home, and we lived in the suburbs. And I said, what's wrong? He said, I can't go to sleep. What's the matter? He said, it's too quiet. We're not used to quiet. Our problem is that we are not used to quiet. The first secret is that we want to hear God. One thing I ask of the Lord, to listen and help me listen to him. We can't really hear God many times over the noise of our lives, the things that are interference. Those are good things, as many will, but our jobs, our work, our school, our personal lives, our appointments, sports games, music lessons, so many things that have it. Even many adults take classes now and go to school differently. So we are bombarded with noise constantly. We have a gazillion things to do during the week, and we don't, and we can't make all of it happen. We have 24 hours in a day and 168 hours in a week. We just cannot simply see. And so what do we do? We give God the leftover time. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I would imagine everyone in this room including myself, many times have given God the leftovers. And that just doesn't work for him. We give him the leftovers and our talent and our time and our money. It just doesn't work. Sin is in our life and it dampens the desire to hear from God. Many times it's indifference. But we must give way to a humble heart. 
with an eagerness to hear from God. Have you ever been in a wonderful relationship, particularly with your spouse or new friends? You're so easy and so eager to hear for that phone call or that conversation. You're so intent in listening to that. I equate that to listening to God, that eagerness to hear from me. I wonder what he's going to tell me next. And then sometimes I say, I wonder what he's going to tell me next. It's not... We just must eliminate things from our lives. We have to tune in to God to see what he wants from us. Samuel thought Eli called him, but after a while he went back to his quiet place and he was told, and he listened in the quietness. We must be able to differentiate between God's voice, our desires, the world's, and Satan's. Why does God speak? And where does God speak? Of course, he speaks in his word. He speaks in worship. He speaks in Bible classes. He speaks to one another as we do the things together as we do in fellowship. But God completely speaks to us. But if we only come for all of these things for information... Yes, we gain a lot of knowledge, and that's good. But that's informational. Or do we come for transformation? That changes our lives. Changes our lives to be more like our creator, the almighty God through Jesus Christ. Many of us go to church and do these things, so perhaps we need to look at what we're taking away. Do our lives change? Does it make a difference to us? We're to listen and obey. Consider Samuel's response to God's call. The Lord stood there and called as before Samuel. Samuel, and Samuel responded, Speak, for your servant is listening. He listened attentively to the call of his master. He said, whatever you want is my command. How many times have we used this or heard it used? Your wish is my command. Well, that's really what Samuel meant. Authentic discipleship begins with our willingness to listen to God. Samuel remembered what God told him. Sometimes God speaks to us, but we forget or we conveniently just let it go. Are you ready to do what God calls you to do, even if you hear him? And always many times he will call us to do things that we don't want to do. But the old saying, and we say it over and over, particularly in the ministry, that God does not call the prepared. He prepares the called. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5 says, If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, if you cry out for discernment and lift your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, 
and search for as a hidden treasure. Then you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge. In James 1.22, we're so familiar with, be doers of words and not hearers only. In the book by James Hamilton, he shares this insight on listening to God. And the day before there was refrigeration, freezers, if you can imagine, some of you, yeah, there really was. Really, no refrigerator. You couldn't even run in at night and grab something out of the refrigerator. You had to go out the ice house. Made it a little bit harder. But the lakes would freeze in the winter, and they had these big, heavy ice houses, and they were heavy doors, no windows, solidly built, because during the winter, they'd go out the rivers and the creeks, and they would chop up ice and bring it into the ice house. Sometimes it would even last till summertime. So this was a big chore. Now, aren't you guys glad you don't have to do that? And one day, one of the workers went into the ice house, and he was looking around. And By the way, when they put ice in there, as I remember, they put sawdust around it for whatever reason. But they put sawdust around. I assume that that keeps it colder. And he went in and had it on a very expensive watch. And he lost it. And when he came out, he could not find it. So he frantically went back into the ice house to find it. And he raked around very carefully in the sawdust to see if he could find the watch. And when he came back out, he did not have it. So a young boy was working there. And he said, on the noon hour, he said, I'll go, I'm going to go in and look for that watch. So he went in the ice house. It was cold. He laid down on the floor on the sawdust. And it was quiet. So very quiet. And he listened. He listened and he heard the tick of the watch. He picked it up, brought it outside, and the men said, how did you find it so quickly? How did you find that? He said, I just laid down and listened. There's this moral there for all of us. Indifference must give way to a humble heart and have an eagerness to hear from God. A hearty heart must be ready to do what God says. You know what? Most of the time it's not convenient. In our book, when God calls us or we're afraid, we don't have the time, we don't want to do it. But he's still calling us. John 20, 10, 27 says, and I love this verse. That's on my cross. I've worn this cross <clears throat> 45 years perhaps because it's got a sheep on it. And it says, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now God intends to give each of us direction. But he only gives one step at a time. And if you're like me, I'm saying, come on, can't you give me just a little bit more? But we, sometimes we can only handle one step at a time. And we benefit from taking it if we listen 
but many times we refuse to do this, to listen. And he just patiently waits for us. But you see, God does not give us the end result of the journey of our lives. He just simply shares with us what we need to do next in order to accomplish that and to continue our journey. The journey of becoming all we can be in the image of Jesus Christ. There's a lady in our church. She's with the Lord now. I went to visit her, and she's 95 years old. I used to love her. Such a pleasant lady. She was in a rocking chair and had a little quilt over her and had her Bible in her lap. And she's opening, and I said, oh, what are you reading and what are you doing at that at 95? You know, you must know it backward and forward if you started even at 40. And she said, with a beam on her face, she says, oh, I'm studying for my final examination. I thought, how interesting. Obviously, it spoke to me because I still remember Humility and readiness to listen to God opens up unlimited ways for you and for me to react and be excited about what God would have for us to do in our lives. And making time for God is probably a lot more important for each of us than we make time for him. He wants to direct our lives, give us the desires what is truly best for each of us to become the best person he would have us to be. But he can only do that when we're listening to him and his word. Now, who would imagine the invisible God on earth invites us to enter his classroom and to learn from him? The Apostle Paul echoed this point on his letters. No one has ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it. But God has arranged for those who love him. But you have seen and heard it because God by his spirit has brought it all out into the open before you. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 from the message. Secularist look for answers in human philosophy and knowledge. The world religion books read documents of their now dead founders, Confucius, Buddha, Muhammad. Christians, however, hold to the beautiful promise our teacher not only spoke but he still speaks. He taught, yes, but he still teaches. His wisdom is not confined to an ancient document, but it's a part of the day-by-day -day teaching of our mentor of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to rely on what the world says or guess about what the world does even have to listen to the opinions. We have the Holy Spirit. We have God talking to us. Now, he's not standing there in front of us. But if we listen, we truly 
can hear the voice of God. Now I'm going to ask you, what are some of the things that interfere with your hearing from God? If you can't hear God speaking from you to, I mean, to you today, perhaps it's something you, he was waiting for you to respond to that he asked you last week. I've been there. We have to listen. We have to be excited. We have to be eager from every source to know that what God is saying to us from multiple sources. See, God is speaking to us as individuals, as families, as a denomination. It is vital for our effectiveness to listen to him. So are you tuned in? Am I tuned in? Are you willing to eliminate the distractions so that you can hear him? Are you totally there when God speaks? When I was a young woman, many, 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 many years ago, very active in the church, but I would twirl a lot of plates at one time. I'm still kind of doing that. But I remember a lady so wise said to me, said, Trudy, when you're there, be all there. Because I would be doing one thing in the church and my mind would be off on another. And I, I know that people know me well, that know that still happens. But when you're there with God, all there with him. Have you, have you responded to his voice recently? And the big thing, are you willing to respond to his voice today? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.